0: Hey, what's up, everybody? It is another episode of the Snipe and Selly podcast, FTF Media's guide to anything and everything happening on the ice. I'm your host, Mark, and I am joined once again by my awesome line mates. Skating a man down this week or a person down this week. Haley is not joining us, but I do have Lauren and Mike here with us this week. How's everyone doing?
1: I'd be happier if it was sunny. It's like such a gray dreary day today as Mike looks out the sunny window.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Mike's still enjoying his beautiful west coast weather and here in Massachusetts, at least it's not snowing. I guess like, you know, we're usually we're good for a late April snowfall and we have not gotten that knock on wood. Uh, But uh, yeah, dreary nonetheless. Yeah, I, tr- I tried to be inconspicuous
2: with that, but <laughs> my bad. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm doing well, too. I just sent my out of office email for my one week vacation that I'm leaving on tomorrow. So I'm pretty excited.
0: Yeah, Mike is Mike is getting married this weekend. He's uh, he, I know he's very excited uh, and uh, we're excited uh, uh, for him as well. Um, So stay tuned over the next hour or so to hear our thoughts on what's been going on around the National Hockey League and the hockey world as a whole since the last time we all got together. And so without further delay, let's drop the puck for our opening faceoff. And before I go to each of my line mates for their opening faceoff, we're trying a little something new here on Snipe and Selly for this episode and hopefully beyond. You know, just try and make things a little bit uh, more fun. I mean, it's already extremely fun. And if you're a listener of Snipe and Sully, this is your favorite hour or so each week being able to l- listen to us. But uh, everyone's just kind of each of the line mate is going to lead the discussion on a topic of their choosing this week. So instead of kind of following the more formula, uh, formulaic way that we usually do things, uh, where we, you know, touch on news and, uh, and a few, you know, op- opine on a few items and then go around the league. Uh, it's going to be a little bit more open forum. So we're excited about that. But before we do that, we do have opening face-offs. So Lauren, we'll start with you. What's on your mind this week? Any opening thoughts as we open up this evening's episode?
1: Yeah, stop letting deadspin write sports stories. It's just Every time I see something specifically sports-related retweeted onto my timeline, it's just it's so stupid. And I know it's clickbait and I know it's to, it drives engagement and their numbers probably look great on something as poorly written as the article was, but it's just like, you don't need to write clickbait stuff right now for the Celtics of any team here in Boston. Right now, they just swept the nets. They're going to the Eastern conference semifinals. You can just be happy for them. And it was just, silly when they were like basically saying Brad Stevens isn't involved in the team anymore when Google is free, when he's literally the president of basketball operations for the team. So just made me angry to end my day at work today when I'm just like constantly seeing that where I'm like this is just so much BS. Like stop abolish deadspin please and thank you.
0: I can't figure out dead spin for the life of me. Uh like they would write about sports and then they had like this Uh, no sports mandate. And then uh, they were obsessed with just writing about like everything that Barstool was doing, like page six almost. Uh, And now they're back to writing stuff about sports. And I agree with you, Lauren, they should not be able to cover sports. Uh, Yeah, The the Celtics article today was just like, again, three seconds of research uh, could have told you, uh, yeah, Brad Stevens is not in the way. Uh, he is someone who's actually got more influence over the Celtics organization than he did before. Uh, we're going to turn this to a basketball podcast soon enough. Uh, um, and, you know, as it relates to Danny Ainge you know, the man's in his late sixties uh, has had a heart problem. Uh, you know, maybe don't try and take shots at, at someone who you know, for his health, probably needed to step down from his role. So yeah. I know it's clickbait like you, Lauren, and I hate even giving them the engagement, but I even had to give it today. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, like, let's stop letting them write about sports because they just they're clueless. And, you know, the the landscape of so many outlets like that is just, hey, we're going to get clicks if we put something outrageous out there. And that's what they did. Uh, so I agree, Lauren. Mike, how about yourself, any opening face off as we start this week's episode?
2: Yeah. And thankfully, I didn't give that article a click because I saw um, y'all commenting on it. And I was like, I don't even need to read this. This is ridiculous. Um, my opening face off is about an opening face off. And because uh, Haley's not here, I got to be the one who kind of trashes on the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm imagining most of you all saw Micah Parsons do the, the, the ceremonial puck drop last night. Show me that you've never watched a hockey game without showing me you've never watched a hockey game. Uh, it was just embarrassing. He just walked out, just dropped the puck, and then looked around like, "What? What am I supposed to do now?" Um, I just thought that was really funny, so I wanted to give that a shout out.
0: Yeah, that that was a, a funny video, and it it makes me think of the Jalen Ramsey thing from a few years back, where uh, you know Jalen Ramsey, star at the time Jaguars cornerback, now a uh, Super Bowl champion with the L.A. Rams. Uh, said, yeah, oh, yeah, you know, I could step on the ice and, uh, you know, I could play hockey in a snap. Listen, no professional sport is that way. All right. You, you, you know, and even something as simple as a puck drop for, uh, Micah Parsons, like <laughs> how uncoordinated could you look, <laughs> and, uh, you know, stepping uh, into a batter's box against Aroldis Chapman is not easy for a pro athlete of a, uh, another profession. Uh, LeBron James, despite what people think, cannot just go onto a football field, play tight end and and be great. Um, at least not on day one. Uh, so yeah, I I think, uh, just like everyday people like you or I can't say, oh yeah, you know, this guy stinks. I could do that, uh, that, that job easily. No, we couldn't. And for other pro athletes, you know, going into another's uh, uh, field of, uh, you know, field of profession. Yeah. You can't do that either. (laughs) agreed Mike um as for myself uh, I did want to uh, open this show by just expressing on behalf of all my line mates um, our condolences to the family of Guy Lafleur uh you know died very young only 70 years old which is not very old whatsoever um and uh you know it was a very touching tribute that Montreal uh, held for him actually before their game with the Boston Bruins on Sunday night and uh I don't think I'd ever seen anything like that. It was just like a 10 minute standing ovation for a uh, Gila Fleur. And every time you thought like, okay, the crowd's going to wrap this up. Not that I was, I, I wanted that to happen, but I just said, oh, the crowd, crowd's kind of tapering down. They just, they started going again. They, they like, they got even louder. Uh, and I think they legitimately went for 10 minutes, just kind of applauding for Gila Fleur uh, someone who had over 1200 points, 500 plus goals Five-time Stanley Cup champion, uh, multiple MVP, scoring champion—you uh, know, just a someone who made his mark on the sport of hockey—and uh, you know, very sad to see him lose his life. But uh, certainly, he—you uh, know—memories of uh, of his achievements will live on for Montreal Canadiens fans, uh, young and old, and uh, you know, just a a really cool moment. So, uh, our thoughts are with his family as they uh, they mourn the loss of their loved one. But I did want to start this week's episode uh, as we mentioned. Haley is not going to be joining us uh, for this one, but uh, I think that she would definitely want us to talk about this this news coming out of the PHF. Um, so we had fantastic news out of uh, out of the PHF uh, just today, actually, uh, where they named a brand new commissioner. So Reagan Carey uh, was named commissioner of the PHF, and. Uh, Big news, uh, you know, it, obviously, there was all this talk about how the PHF, uh, you know, um, uh, was losing leadership, both uh, um, commissioner and deputy commissioner were stepping aside in the midst of uh, this $25 million investment and uh, this the rumors of expansion for the league so people were wondering, you know, okay, where's, you know, where's this going. And, uh, as it turns out, you know, a, a new commissioner was uh, decided upon very quickly. and it's, you know, it's, it's big news. You know, she has over 20 years of leadership in the sports industry, uh, specifically with a background uh, tailored towards growing women's hockey. So as this league looks to continue to grow, this seems like a slam dunk uh, of a hire. I know that's a basketball term, uh, but uh, I just, I think it's a fantastic hire for the PHF. Lauren, I'd love to start with you. Uh, You know, what did you make of this news?
1: Yeah, I think it's great. And I think the experience she has is going to bring a lot of positivity into the PHF when there's a good amount of negativity surrounding surrounding it right now but i think that she's ready to try to change the for for the better to try to change the league and try to get to try to grow it more than it has grown in the past specifically the past two seasons so i'm really excited to see what she can do and i don't know if you were watching like when they were talking to her on the Twitter, but her organization of her books was all color coordinated, and it was like it was so aesthetically pleasing. Where I'm just like, oh, this woman's gonna do amazing things. It made my OCD very happy.
0: Attention to detail is always great. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah and uh, definitely a nice introduction, um, you know, to, uh, to you know, to her new role, and uh, as you know, you have the. The, the two dueling, uh, you know, women's professional leagues that uh, are seemingly never going to, to get along. Uh, you know, she made it very clear early on, you know, this is not about competition. This is about just growing the sport of women's hockey. So, uh, you know, hopefully she continues to do, you know, she starts and continues to do great things. Uh, Mike, I wanted to see what you thought about, uh, you know, the, the hiring of Reagan Carey uh, here for the PHF and new leadership.
2: Yeah, I, I agree that it's a slam dunk. And I, I agree with that last take you just made, Mark, um, with the potential for, you know, seeing this as a, you know, two dueling leagues or two uh, entities that are at odds. She made very clear it's it's about growing the game. You know, we uh, and she talked back about her time with USA hockey and how, you know, yeah, they were rivals with Canada on the ice, but it was all about trying to do their best to grow the sport, uh, grow love for the game. And that's what she's going to bring. I think it's just such a huge move to, like you said, there was this turmoil people leaving and questions about how things were going to happen. And you get such a steady hand, like Reagan, Carey, someone who's been in um, high levels of women's hockey and USA hockey in general um, for so many years, just that calming presence that like, okay, we're going to be all right. And then of course, yeah, the, uh, the, you know, being nice and, and, um, coordinated is always nice as well. So I, I did see that as well, Lauren. <laughs>
0: yeah. It, and you know, this league, obviously they the last two seasons alone, each of which have ended in a Boston pride uh, Isabel cup, by the way, uh, ha- have been huge steps forward for the league. So uh, if you put a great leader in charge, Great things will happen. I mean, we see the NHL, despite awful leadership from Gary Bettman, uh, you know, continuing to, uh, to to excel. So uh, certainly a league that, uh, you know, that puts the right voice in place. Uh, I think it's definitely a good first step in this next phase, uh, you know, for the PHF. And again, trying to add an eighth team, even trying to get up to to 10 teams soon. Um, You know, the, the, the new structure in place with full health benefits for, for players, Uh, making this closer and closer to being a means of full employment for these players as opposed to uh, the setup that uh, you know they've been working uh, you know day jobs uh, you know normal nine to five jobs uh, while also pursuing their dream of playing pro hockey Uh, a lot of progress is being made and you know hopefully uh, this is the right move to continue that progress so um, we know that Haley would want us to touch on this uh, and, you know, in general, we, we want to touch on this, but uh, we're glad that we could uh, touch on this PHF news in her stead uh, this week. Um, but like we mentioned, we do want to kind of have each line kind of steer the discussion. Uh, so Lauren, I'd love to have you kind of take the reins next, uh, because I know that you have a, a topic that you've been excited to touch on.
1: Yeah, and I've been, I mean, there's a lot of great topics that we all have, but I'm, really excited about this MVP race at the end of the season. I think that it's an incredibly stacked class. You have Austin Matthews, you have Johnny Goudreau, Connor McDavid, as always. Um, and my maybe hot take pick would be Igor Shostarkin. easy for me to say from the Rangers. I just feel like this team is ahead of their rebuild. I feel like this year they were supposed to be rebuilding and they were trying to figure out kind of their identity, and they've been so much more than that. And Rangers fans, they get to go from Hendrick, Henrik Lundqvist to Shuster's to And he's just been absolutely incredible for them. He's been such a treat to watch. I was able to see him live a couple times this year. And it's like, I mean, like I said, they're just so far ahead of their rebuild. And it's a lot of that is because of their goalie. He's been so good for the Rangers and so solid and has helped them win games. He's stolen games for them and he's been everything that they've needed since Lundquist had to, well, suddenly retire and then leave the Rangers, unfortunately. But, um, I think he's one of the the top picks for me to win MVP. I mean, of course there's Jonathan Huberto, there's Leon Seidel, Roman Yossi. I mean, there's, you could keep going on and on and on, with who could be in there and in that list. And I feel like Brad Marchand was probably in that conversation until he unfortunately got suspended. But I think that the Rangers have just been so fun to watch this year and they, they be a, a threatening matchup, it, they're almost a scary team to like watch out for this year.
0: I totally agree. I totally agree. The Rangers in general, it, as of right now, again, we're recording this on the, the 26th of April, uh, just a, a handful of games left in the regular season. This is the last, you know, full week in the NHL's regular season. It looks like the Rangers are on a collision course with the the Penguins, um, the uh, the the Pittsburgh Penguins of Boston, um, and uh, so that that'll be an interesting first round matchup. I Shisterkin really is having an incredible year, and even if he doesn't win uh, MVP, I mean. It, it just seems like he has to win the Vezina. Uh, it, it seems like a foregone conclusion. He's had such a, such a great year. Um, me personally, I, I kind of think Austin Matthews will, uh, will secure MVP. And, you know, he is the betting favorite right now. You know, he has a, a chance here to finish with 60 goals, which would be, you know, truly incredible. Uh, you know, a franchise record for Toronto. Uh, you know, obviously, like you mentioned, McDavid's already in there. but you know, you, And you mentioned Johnny Gaudreau as well. Uh, someone who is criminally underappreciated because he plays in Calgary and the games are, are at, you know, 10 30 PM Eastern Uh, only Mike can watch them. Uh, It's uh, so it's players who, who play out in the West coast. There's usually a bias against them because it's, you know, people on the East coast are not watching games there. You know, there's an, there's an East coast bias and a, uh, you know, a, a bias against, Uh, you know, uh, West coast teams and players. And so it's a a shame that he's not getting more love. Um, But yeah, you mentioned some really good candidates, you know, Jonathan Huberdeau, Shuster can drys idle Roman Yossi as well, just having an an incredible year for, um, uh, for Nashville. So uh, I totally agree, Lauren. Uh, I, I personally I'm going to go the safer out and say Austin Matthews, but um, you know, Mike uh, you know, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I think, I think it's fair to say that it's probably going to be Austin Matthews. Um, He has had, he turned it on so much in the middle of the season, Um, got to 50 goals in like 52 games, 51 games, something like that. Um, Very, very good season. I think Mark, you might've switched your pick to him at some point um, after we did our initial, or maybe you did it at the beginning. I don't remember. I remember you saying that you thought Austin Matthews was going to win the heart at some point. Um, He's probably going to win but I was I was going to bring up Johnny Gaudreau cuz that is a team that I've been able to watch quite a bit this year and have been enjoying and he's really turned it on lately. Um not that Matthews has really slowed down, but a little bit he has. And Johnny Goudreau is just right there. I remember a few weeks ago people were saying it was a you know it was a one or maybe two horse race with it being Austin Matthews and then uh, in these last couple of weeks a few people have turned it on. Obviously Connor McDavid. It seems like he just he isn't even doing as much as he could he's just quietly having another like top 2 in the heart voting season he's just so absolutely ridiculous um, and sturken has like a 930 something um, save percentage and and a, you know a 2.0 goals against average is having an unbelievable season right there in new york city so if you know if johnny gudreau doesn't get all of the press out in western canada being right in the hub in new york he's definitely performing well in the spotlight but yeah i think it's a i think it's a canadian race right now uh, between matthews mcdavid and and gaudreau but matthews is i think he's just too far ahead at this stage um it's got to be him
0: just to double down though on gaudreau uh the stats that just jump off the page, like the eye popping numbers that he's put up this year, as of right now, as of the time that we're recording, he is on track to play all 82 games with the flames, having really nothing to play for here. Now uh, I, there's a, probably a good chance he gets a game or two off before the playoffs start uh, just to, to get it, you know, his legs fresh, but in 79 games, he has 111 points, 39 goals, 72 assists, like uh, the assists are off the, the charts. And I know that in the new age of analytics, uh, you know, plus minus is not considered uh, that impressive of a stat anymore. Uh, And I'm not going to go against analytics. There's a a lot of, uh, you know, in favor of it, but the plus minus for Johnny Goodrow this year, uh, if I don't know if either of you have looked this up, but if not, if you had to guess, what would you think Johnny Goodrow's plus minus is at this year? I I had seen it
2: earlier today when I was preparing for this session. So I won't say it. (laughs)
0: Lauren, have you seen this already?
1: I haven't, and I don't want to sound like a fool no matter which way I go. uh, 23?
0: Like triple that.
1: See, <laughs> I told you I was going to sound like a fool.
0: <laughs> he is at plus 61. Uh, oh, like sucks. that is, like I, I actually had to like do a double take when I, w- uh, when I looked at that because I was like, there, there's no way he's plus 61. He is plus 61 this year. And again, I know that there's this, uh, you know, movement against, you know, traditional stats. Um, but being on the ice for 61 more goals at even strength, we know the power play doesn't, uh, you know, come into the factor there. Uh, but 61 more goals than, uh, have been scored against you. That, that means that not only is he, you know, producing, you know, 111 points, you know, producing at, at an elite pace, uh, you know, his teams are not allowing many goals when he's out there either. So, uh, that's really exceptional. So, and, you know, as a short King myself, uh, I definitely appreciate uh, him doing it at five, nine, 165 pounds. Uh, so BC legend, we're talking all about good row here only for, you know, again, probably he's going to finish like third in voting, but it's just, it's a great discussion. I'm glad you brought this up, Lauren, because there, there, I feel like MVP voting in sports in general, but definitely in hockey can just be so lazy where they're just like, oh yeah, well, McDavid or, or Matthews. Like, you know, they, those are the, we know these guys score a ton of goals. Yeah. Well, you know, Johnny Goodrow is on a team that's going to be a top seed in, in the West. Um, you know, not the top seed, because that's Lauren abs, but uh, the, the, the other top seed. And uh, you know, he, he's been the, the best player on an exceptional team that could really make a run in the West. So uh, yeah, he should get a lot of love and it doesn't seem like he's going to just based on the vibe and what the Vegas people are saying, so it's uh, it's a shame. Uh, but yeah, he's having an absolute career year. Uh, yes, yeah, so good for him. Former BC Eagle. Um, but Mike, I'd love to kind of uh, you know pivot over to you and have you lead the discussion on uh, on your topic of choice here.
2: So I was between two, and I think I decided that I'm going to stay with my my Southern California hockey theme and talk about the retirement of longtime. Anaheim Duck. Ryan Getzlaff it was really nice watching the other night when he played his last game at the Honda Center, um, you know, just sort of being showered with praise. Um, I've seen a lot on social media with him and Corey Perry, uh, who were together for that in the on that Ducks team for quite a while. Um, another one of those guys who I sort of think, you know, maybe because of where he was playing, maybe because of the type of hockey that he plays, sort of just always flew under the radar for me. Um, but just such a solid player for 17 years or something like that, always out there uh, it, for a young team is, you know, a young franchise, I should say that hasn't, doesn't have that much history. You had, you know, the early days with the Paul Korea, the team Solani, those playmaker, you know, so, so much fun to watch out there on the ice. And then when, when their day was over, it was sort of like a transition. You get a guy like Ryan Getzlaff who like I said, 17 years for that team. Um, power forward guy, pass first. You know, always one of the top assist guys in the league. The top assist guy ever for the the Anaheim Ducks. Just you know, sort of underappreciated, I think. Um, and so I'm just I'm just gonna try to heap a little bit of love on him because I think. So so my 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 segment here is is Ryan Getzlaf a Hall of Famer? Because 17 years, he's not really top, you know, he has a Stanley Cup, you know, never was never in the heart race, he was barely an all star, but he played for 17 years, one of the top point scorers in the history of that franchise. And not only that, but he won from the year 2005 to 2014. He won a World Juniors Championship. He won a Stanley Cup, and he won two gold medals in the Olympics to go along with being one of the most prolific players in Anaheim Ducks history. So I think that sometimes we need to recognize the un- underrecognized. And I'm going to go ahead and say that in a few years, Ryan Getzlaff should be in the Hockey Hall of Fame because hockey, unlike, you know, baseball and football, is not specifically to the professional league, the Hall of Fame. It's not the MLB Hall of Fame or the NFL Hall of Fame. It's for all of hockey. I think basketball is the same way. and. So I think that his his time with the Ducks, his championships, his international experience, uh, Ryan Getzlaff should be in the in the Hockey Hall of Fame.
0: Very well said. I love it, Mike. And you're right. Basketball is the same way. Um, The uh, the exceptional uh, Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame in in Springfield, Mass. There's not many reasons to go to Springfield, Mass, but uh, if you go out to the the Basketball Hall of Fame, you can always have a good time out there. Uh, I'd love to get out to the Hockey Hall of Fame in Toronto uh, one of these days. Uh, I've never been. I'm sure it's incredible. Uh, Toronto is a great city. The one time I was there, I enjoyed it. Um, but like you said, it is encompassing of international play. Uh, you know, am- amateur play. You know, World Juniors, uh, collegiate play. Uh, so uh, you know, it is the whole sport of hockey. And Ryan Getzlaf, like you mentioned, is super accomplished uh, between his Olympic golds um, between, uh, you know, world juniors and, you know, what he did in the national hockey league. I I agree with you. I do. And, and in terms of NHL contributions, my kind of barometer, and I'm, I'm not a hall of fame voter. So what my barometer doesn't matter, but in, in my opinion, it does. Uh, I think a thousand points is like a threshold that if, uh, you don't have to hit a thousand points because of course defensemen very rarely going to do that. Um, and some forwards, uh, you know, might be more defensive minded, but uh, in my opinion, if you reach 1000 points in the national hockey league, you're a hall of famer. Um, so that that's a, that that's, and uh, Ryan gets did that this year. Um, he, uh, he, you know, finished it, his career with 1019 points, 282 goals, 737 assists. Uh, he is so old that uh, he was actually drafted when uh, the team was Disney owned and where the, much better mighty ducks of Anaheim uh, still criminal that Disney does not allow the team to wear those uniforms on a consistent basis uh, and, you know, retain the mighty ducks moniker uh, despite uh, change in ownership, but you know, Disney's going to Disney, I guess. Uh, but uh, you know, so he was, he never actually played for the mighty ducks. Uh, his first, his rookie year was uh, their first year as the ducks, but uh, you know, that's how long he has been a member of the organization. And uh, he's made his, his mark on the, on the team, Uh, you know, career high 31 goals. Uh, He had uh, a couple of, uh, you know, high fifties assist seasons. So like you mentioned, never someone who was on like the very upper echelon of the sport, but during those uh, years where uh, he and Corey Perry were doing, you know, big things uh, for the ducks, they were making some, uh, some deep runs in the playoffs uh, you know, he was a very well-known name in the sport. I definitely agree that I think he should be a Hall of Famer. And yeah, Corey Perry specifically, uh, he got really choked up uh, when they played against each other. Uh, you know, last time they were going to share the ice together, Perry now over with uh, the Lightning. Uh, so, you know, really cool to see stuff like that. Lauren, I'd love to get your input on on Mike's topic. And I guess the, the, the question that he's posed is Ryan Getzlaff a Hall of Famer.
1: Yeah, I think both of you hit it on the head perfectly. It's You look at his stats and it's like, well, in the NHL stats, it's like, well, maybe he's a borderline Hall of Famer, but you just look at the international impact he's had on the sport of hockey. And probably my favorite stat about Getzlaff is that over the course of his 17 year career, the Ducks made the playoffs 11 times and they only made the playoffs three times in their first 10 seasons. So I think that just kind of goes to show again, his impact. I mean, he was such a brilliant skater. And one of the, I mean, he was so fun to watch. He was somebody that I, I enjoyed watching when I could, I wish I got to see more of him throughout his career. Um, but I think at the end of the day, when you look at the gold medals, the international success he's had, no, he's not. I mean, no one's Wayne Gretzky. That's a terrible comparison, but it's, he ha- he has to go into the hall of fame, right? I just feel like, there's, who has done as much as he has in the NHL, but done, so multiply that by like a billion on the international stage. I mean, he's not, he's so well known throughout the league, throughout the country, throughout the world, really. And I think that you have to take that more into account than what he's done in the NHL, because it just goes so far beyond the the NHL. And I think that's what makes him stand out. And he absolutely should be in the hall of fame. And I look forward to having this conversation. What is it? Five years down the road, whenever, whenever they're eligible, and we're still here um, being the hockey's top podcast in America can't wait. And we're going to be talking about hall of fame or Ryan gets Yeah.
0: I mean, at, at that point, uh, we're going to be in like a big studio. Um, you know, obviously we'll still be on uh, Lauren and I will be on the East coast. Uh, Michael be on the West coast. Uh, Haley will never leave Texas. So uh, I, I mean, we'll be so successful that we'll just have multiple studios i think that's uh, th- that's w- what we'll have and uh, we'll, we'll be having this uh, this debate we'll be all patting ourselves on the back saying yeah we see we called it uh, after ryan gets last final game that he's a hall of famer uh, so glad to see that we're all in agreement there uh, thank you mike for for bringing up that topic my topic is something that i'm really hot under the collar about and this team has been on my shit list all year, really, and uh, we've talked about it on this show many times. Um, you know, between uh, me being really pissed at them trying to pull a lightning, Haley hating uh, their uniforms and helmets and everything, and uh, and and Mike and Lauren uh, pretty much concurring with us uh, a lo- uh, on every topic related to this team. It is the Las Vegas Golden Knights. This team is on my shit list, and this time for you know something very serious, and that is uh, Robin Leonard. Uh, So Robin Leonard, who has been with the Golden Knights uh, for a few years now, he was the inspiration behind that very uh, famous um, Alan Walsh tweet uh, with the, the sword going through Marc-Andre Fleury with uh, Peter DeBoer's name on it, uh, saying that, uh, oh, he, Marc-Andre Fleury was stabbed in the back by his coach uh, because Robin Leonard's getting the shine. Uh, You know, he he and and Marc-Andre Fleury were a star tandem in the playoffs for the Golden Knights. Uh, Obviously, Mark Andre flurry no longer there. Uh, He was traded to the Blackhawks and now subsequently on the um, Minnesota Wild. But Robin Leonard still there trying to help the Golden Knights into the playoffs, Uh, a team that has been trying to skirt the salary cap all year with long-term IR, trying to do what the Lightning did, failing miserably at it, by the way. But in this particular case, Robin Leonard has been dealing with a severely injured shoulder for about two and a half months. Uh, Originally on February 9th, he sustained a um, shoulder injury that at the time, uh, you know, rest and rehab was helping despite the fact that, I mean, how can you be resting and rehabbing when you're still actively playing? Uh, But, you know, he was, you know, trying to play through this injury and within the last week and a half, uh, it was reported by uh, some ESPN uh, insiders that, uh, Leonard was going to have season-ending shoulder surgery, and after that story broke, uh, Peter DeBoer and uh, and you know the other members of the Golden Knights organization said, "Oh, hold on there. Uh, we actually haven't decided anything. We've actually asked um, Robin to be our backup in this game." Uh, now, you just had an announcement that uh, he is having that his shoulder is in such rough shape that he needs to have surgery. And you're asking him to, to be your backup. Why? Well, as it turns out, there were salary cap implications that uh, the, the Golden Knights needed to keep uh, Robin Leonard around, uh, could not afford uh, cap-wise to bring another goalie onto their roster uh, as they uh, you know look to, uh, to you know, try and push for a playoff spot. Spoiler alert, they're not going to. They're not going to make the playoffs. Uh, they are being held off at the moment. Uh, to the delight of everyone in this podcast as we are, are very an anti-Golden Knight podcast at the moment. Uh, but this really is sickening to me. And we had discussions uh, on this show went back, ironically enough, about Jack Eichel, who is now a member of the Las Vegas Golden Knights, but at the time was a member of the Buffalo Sabres and how uh, the Sabres would not allow him to proceed with his uh, preferred surgery. And uh, And, you know, it was my contention at the time that Team medical staffs n- almost never have the best interests of a player at heart. Their job is to get said player healthy enough to get back on the field, get back on the court, get back on the ice. In this case, and now we're seeing even the team itself. Well, you know, we might be facing a salary cap penalty uh, if uh, you know, if, if you actually have this uh, procedure. So. Uh, you know, you're going to have to be our backup. Now, in theory, you're thinking, well, you know, what's the harm? He's the backup. He's not going to get into the game. He just sits on the bench with a hat on. Okay. Well, what if you're starting, what if Logan Thompson gets injured? Uh, You know, who, who, uh, who started for the golden Knights that, that night, you know, that it's rare, you know, the, the chances of uh, injury happening to the starting goalie is rare, but it happens. Or what if he's just ineffective and you you, you want to pull him? You can't pull him and put uh, Robin Leonard in there. He's too hurt to play, clearly. You just made the de- determination that he was going to get surgery. And I'm on my soapbox here. I'm going to tap my line mates in. But it's just, it is really sickening to me that the Golden Knights would proceed this way. Uh, because yes, if they were to have uh, Robin Leonard have surgery as was reported and uh, and you know fill their roster with another goalie, yes, they would have, Faced a salary cap penalty. What like is that more important than uh, than than the fact that uh, that your your you know your goalie is hurt? Uh, you, you know one, one of your you know leaders of your franchise is hurt. Uh, you, you know he should remember that. Uh, and Mike, I'd love to hear your thoughts because it just this really really rubs me the wrong way that they would place this uh, in this playoff run uh, you know, push for a playoff spot ahead of the the actual health of their player.
2: Yeah, so you, me, everyone on this show and everyone in the entirety of Hockey Twitter has been against the Vegas Golden Knights the last couple of weeks. It was it was really fun to sort of band together. Uh, and we were all Sharks fans for a night when they came back and beat them with a a goal with less than a second left to send it to overtime. Uh, anyway, yeah, it's, it's, you know, not to take the focus away from Robin Leonard, but Jack Eichel's got to be sitting there in that, Vegas, uh, locker room being like, oh, f, they're going to be doing this too because this is exactly what we were just talking about. These teams putting their business decisions above the health of the human beings who are on the other side of the contract. And you know, Robin Leonard has been through a lot, not just with you know his current shoulder injury, but like give the guy a gosh darn break, all right? You know you you've been trying to mess with the cap. You got caught by it. You had to wiggle your way out of it one way. And now you're literally going to make him sit on the, on the bench when he should be, you know, in a doctor's office, getting surgery, because, because you messed up. It's just, it's, it's a joke. It's they're quickly climbing the list for me of teams that I'm just really, really done with. Um, There's a lot of them in the NHL, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a tough look.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, very well stated, Mike. And yeah, it's just it's so sickening that uh, that you just acquired a player like you you mentioned. You just acquired a player in Jack Eichel. That uh, oh man, can't believe Buffalo wouldn't let you proceed with that surgery. Hey, we'll let you do it. Uh, we're the good guys. Fast forward a couple, uh, you know, a, a couple months. Hey, listen, uh, you know, like the office space voice. We're going to need you to go ahead and uh, and you know come in on uh, on saturday and uh you know if you could just go ahead and be on the bench here as our backup that'd be great like i that's just it's so sickening to me uh that they would uh again take the risk of i don't know if he was in a position to further injure his shoulder i'm not a doctor nor, nor do i play one in this podcast uh but certainly in terms of actual pain, if he's in that much pain and discomfort, he could certainly get himself into more pain and discomfort. So I just, it really, really rubbed me the wrong way. Lauren, what did you make of this? Uh, and again, like Mike, Mike mentioned, hockey Twitter has really banded together uh, and roasted the Golden Knights, but you know, this really is serious.
1: Yeah. And it's, it kind of reminds me of, and Mark, you alluded to it, like you calling your boss and being like hey I can't come in today I had surgery Like, uh, are you sure we're a little short-staffed and is it really that serious that's kind of the vibe I got and it's just it was really frustrating to see and then to just kind of be like oh d- uh refer to the statement refer to the statement which yeah I understand that's why the statement is there but you have to be prepared to answer questions about your goalie this isn't just some like fourth line forward that can be, you know, plug and play here and there. This is your goalie. And this is someone that's going to help you in the long well, maybe not anymore, but going to help you in the long run. And you're just treating him like such garbage. And we saw like, you know, you guys were saying we saw this with Buffalo and Jack Eichel. And is this going to turn into something like that? And it's just, I'm sure Robin Leonard played to as much as he could with until he was like, I can't do this anymore. Like it's too much. And you're a goalie. You need every part of your body. You know, you know, you're not know, it just—it's not just your legs. It's not just your hips. You need every bone in your body to be as close to 100% as possible. And especially with the playoffs right around the corner, you want to be—you don't want to risk long-term injury. You don't want to risk a career-ending injury. And it's just—it was handled so poorly. And it's not even about like the salary cap. It's just—he's a human being, and he's injured. And you're treating him like he's some sort of like object. And it's just like, well, it doesn't hurt that much, right? Like you can at least be the backup. Because even if he agreed to be the backup, you're still one injury away, one butterfly hamstring pull away from needing him to go in there and risking so much more injury to yeah, so much more injury to his shoulder. And like I said, he's a human being and he does not deserve to be put through the ringer like this just because the Golden Knights and their stupid salary cap, like these, and these are issues. I know it's not just the Golden Knights that have done stuff like this before, but they're in the center of attention. And you have to be prepared to, to answer the questions, the tough questions that come with it. This is, like I said, this is your goalie. This is a human being. And what does this mean for his future going forward? Not just with the Golden Knights, but with the NHL, because I certainly wouldn't want to be, Playing for a team like the Golden Knights that's, I mean, the salary cap, it's the salary cap, whatever, but just how they're treating their players when they're going through an injury. And it's like, it's not like he's stepping away for, you know, to his mental health and or anything like that. Like he's got a, an injury to his shoulder and it's not like, oh, just take a few days away from the team and you'll be okay. Right? Like, no, he's going to need surgery And maybe this could have been avoided if he was just rested properly or if he was taken care of properly by the Golden Knights. I don't know. I don't know the extent of his injury, but it's just it's just really annoying to see that human beings are just getting treated like they're they're whatever. Like they're just like, but you're fine. We'll see you next next year. See you tomorrow. Refer to the statement like give me a break.
0: Yeah, especially like you mentioned, Lauren, that refer to the statement. It just seems so dehumanizing, like, oh, we, well, we don't want to answer questions about this. So, yeah, you know, refer to the state. Yeah, so, so awful. And listen, I don't want to accuse the Golden Knights of anything more than they've already been proven to do. Uh, but, you know, it, it's in the report uh, that has come out that, you know, he was consulting, Robin Leonard was consulting with team medical staff. And, uh, you know, they said, you know, hey, listen, it's just a, a pain tolerance thing. You can play through it. And listen, we we had a very somber, sad story about Jimmy Hayes, and he passed away, and uh, how he was, uh, you know, addicted to painkillers, and you know that started at the NHL level, uh, and you know, team medical staffs on every stop along the way just kind of pumping him full of painkillers. Hey, take these, you can stay on the ice. Was that happening to Robin Leonard uh, here in uh, you know in Vegas? Not going to accuse them of that, uh, but you know pain tolerance, painkillers, you know, do the math, put two and two together. So I really hope that there wasn't something even darker at play here uh, where they were, you know, just trying to keep, you know, prop this guy up and keep him on the ice because he was their best chance to, you know, secure the eighth seed and get obliterated by the Avs in the first round of the playoffs. You know, it just, uh, it's really seems very sinister to me. And uh, I just, I. Yeah, this team really is on my shit list, you know, not even for comedic purposes. You know, I, I really, I'm really upset to, to see what has taken place with them between trying to uh, so obviously uh, skirt, uh, you know, skirt the salary cap in even a, in a more scrupulous way than Tampa uh, did it. And, and now this with, uh, you know, really dehumanizing an athlete, I think you summed it up so well, Lauren. Uh, so it, It really is. uh, It is awful. And, uh, you know, we'll have to see what comes of it. Hopefully this is not a trend because, you know, this, this is not something that you want to see continue to go on um, at, uh, at any level. Um, But it's just really, really disappointing and disheartening to see this approach taken by the Golden Knights. Before we wrap things up with empty netters, uh, you know, I did I did want to go around to each of my line mates and listen, this is the last week of the regular season. Uh, you know, matchups are starting to come into focus. Like we mentioned earlier, it seems like we're on the collision course for uh, you know, a, a Boston, Carolina, uh, New York, Pittsburgh type of uh, you know, type of situation in the East, you know, matchups are starting to, to come into play. And I, I, we do want to, you know, at next week, the next episode will definitely be our playoff preview and uh, you know, we'll talk through, uh, our favorite first round matchups once they're set in stone. But for right now, uh, you know, what matchup do you most want to see in the playoffs? Uh, you know, what uh, uh, something that you, that seems likely that you're excited for, or, uh, you know, what do you just kind of hope comes to pass? So uh, uh, Lauren, we'll go right back to you. Um, you know, of these potential matchups in the first round, what do you most want to see?
1: My abs obviously sweep their first round series. Um Honestly, I'm really looking forward to seeing the Wild in the playoffs. I think that they've been so fun to watch. At one point, they were giving my abs a run for their money for the top spot, and they've just been a lot of fun. They've made the correct moves. You have a really, really good team, so I'm really excited to see how far they'll go and um, what the kind of fight that they're going to give. Because I think it's, I think it's going to be a hefty one. I think they're going to going to be a very difficult opponent. Um, of course, I'm curious to see how the Bruins will do. You wonder about the health of Poshnok and Lindholm going forward. Um, Linus Allmark all of a sudden has emerged as the number one goalie while Jeremy Swayman works through some rookie slumps here. So you wonder how the goalie tandem will look, but it's a good problem to have at the end of the day. And they're putting up a really good fight against Florida. Oh God. Of course I say that they scored if, whatever. So I, I'm just excited to see the Bruins, <laughs> excuse me, and see what, what they can do in the playoffs. Cause it's playoff hockey. You never know what's going to happen. And I'm excited slash nervous for the Capitals. Alex Ovechkin is injured with an upper body injury and he has not missed a lot of time due to injury. I think it's 24 games over the span of his career that he's missed and that's just an insane stat when you think how long he's been in the league. And I mean, uh, like I said, I'm excited, but I'm nervous to see what the the Capitals will do because they're a wild card team. I think that's where they'll be. But like I said, it's playoff hockey. We've seen crazier things happen. And it's it's going to be a battle because it's these teams are so, so strong and so fast and so good. And they're all fighting for... Of the Stanley Cup, and as long as the Tampa Bay Lightning don't Pete, I'll consider that a win at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, one thing you can be certain to see in the Stanley Cup playoffs is the Boston Bruins giving up a goal in the final seconds of a period. Uh, it has plagued them all season long. So, uh, if you're the Carolina Panthers, most likely, uh, bank on your on you scoring a uh, your team scoring a goal in the final seconds of a, of a period. Uh, it's just, it's a certainty. Uh, but uh, Yeah. Uh, very well said, Lauren, Mike, how about yourself, uh, you know, out of the kind of some of these rumored matchups or what kind of seems already set in stone, what are you most looking forward to in the first round of the playoffs? So I'm always so bad
2: with figuring out seating in the NHL, but I think it's like you were just saying, Lauren, I'm interested to see Washington. Uh, I think that that probably matched up with Florida, right? Um, <clears throat> the, So Florida, who's been my team all year to represent the East, um, you know, they're up and coming. Um, Washington, obviously, they've been around the block. They've got, you know, they won a a title a few years ago. They got a lot of veterans. Um, So I want to see if Florida, who, you know, obviously they lost to the eventual champions in the first round last year, if they can sort of get over that hump. Um, I'm excited to see the L.A. Kings in the playoffs. They sort of turned it on the last little bit. It looks like they're headed for a matchup maybe with um, with the Oilers, um, which would be fun. You know, it's always fun just to watch the Oilers in important hockey games, even though they only ever play one round. Uh, but they just, they can be such a dynamic team. Then the playoffs come around and they can't score anymore. You know, they get swept by a team like Winnipeg. So maybe uh, maybe the L.A. Kings will will make it into the second round. I'm, I'm excited to see that. Anything that um, you know brings South South uh, California hockey to the forefront is good for me. Um, obviously Boston, Carolina, because I'm a I'm a Bruins fan, and yeah, Minnesota is another one. I love I've loved that team all year. So uh, and I would love to see them beat. Right now I'm I'm looking at a thing right now the potential matchups. Looks like they'd match up with St. Louis, so that's an easy, um, easy rooting for for Minnesota in that situation. Uh, especially because we all rooted for them, I think, on the um, the Winter Classic, and then they got crushed. So it's revenge time.
0: Yeah, very well said, uh, as well, Mike. For for the L. A. Kings. This is a situation uh, out of all uh, Western Conference playoff teams uh, that, that are, currently have a uh, spot locked up. They've scored the fewest goals. Uh, I look forward to their matchup with the Oilers where suddenly they become an offensive juggernaut. You know that the, the L.A. Kings are going to be scored four five goals a game uh, because come playoff time, the Edmonton Oilers, Cannot stop <laughs> the these games will be five you know six to five five to four like these will be high scoring games because they Drysdale and McDavid will score a bunch of goals but they are going to give a ton right back so I look forward to the LA Kings finding their offensive legs in that uh, that first round um, but as I, I talked. Uh, I talked about Johnny Gaudreau enough in this episode. Uh, so I, 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 have to talk about the Calgary flames. Uh, I really do think that, uh, that they'll have uh, a really appealing first round matchup, whether it is Nashville or Dallas right now, it could be either, or uh, I think that the flames will have an easy time in the first round. So I'm looking forward to seeing uh, actually being able to see the flames play hockey. Cause it's very rare, even with this new TV setup uh, with, you know, ESPN plus uh, more games being on. I didn't get to see a ton of the flames this year. So I'm looking forward to actually being able to see them in the playoffs. I do think they could make a deep run. Uh, You know, they're a very impressive team. Um, And I am excited for this Toronto Tampa Bay matchup. It's pretty much locked in. It's pretty much set in stone at this time. Uh, Listen, that is for, at least for me as a Bruins fan uh, I'm between a rock and a hard place because I have a sworn Uh, You know, allegiance to rooting against anyone who plays Tampa because I you know back to back cups uh, circumventing the cap I want their season to end I don't want uh, them to make another run, but the Maple Leafs curse needs to continue Uh, their postseason futility is now a senior in high school. Uh, it has been 18 years uh, since they've won a playoff series. It's great to kind of troll Maple Leafs fans uh, and see the, the still images of Maple Leaf Square and them uh, you know, crying into their Molson. Uh, it really is fantastic. I despise the Maple Leafs. I don't know who to pull for in this series. I can't pull for anyone. I am just going to respect what happens because either way, I'm going to be annoyed that one of these teams moves on, uh, but I'm also going to be very pleased that one of them loses. Uh, so it, it really is a win-lose situation, um, but at least there will be a win there. But I think it'll be a very entertaining series. Tampa had kind of fallen on some tough times late in the season, but they've they've picked it up recently. And uh, the Maple Leafs really have had a surging second half, but I just, I can't trust that goaltending situation. Just like the Oilers, Maple Leafs, I never trust goaltending situation for either of those two teams in the postseason. So If hard-pressed, I would have to predict that the Lightning uh, pull that off. But, you know, we'll have a full post-season preview episode that we can talk about this in in, uh, some more depth. Um, But, yeah, I'm very, very excited uh, for that matchup as well. That should be very entertaining. Uh, So before we wrap things up here, I did want to go around to each of my line mates and have them share their empty netters uh, for this week. So, uh, Mike, we'll go back to you. Uh, Any closing thoughts as we wrap up this week's episode?
2: Yeah, we mentioned Ovechkin getting hurt and, you know, a questionable status for the playoffs. Uh, But I just got to give him a shout out. Nine seasons of 50 or more goals. Uh, It's only happened twice. You know, two, only two other people have done it. Obviously the great one, Wayne Gretzky, and then uh, the late great Mike Bossy, who did it nine years in a row. Uh, Neither Gretzky nor Ovi have done that. But what a ridiculous accomplishment, nine, nine seasons scoring 50 goals or more. Um, so kudos to you. A um, couple more seasons and you'll have that record, man.
0: Yeah. And, and to put this in perspective with Ovechkin, uh, to, for how rare it is for him to, uh, to you know, miss time due to injury uh, or miss time in general, since he came into the league in uh, 2005, he has played 97% of Capitals games. Like this guy just does not get hurt. He does not go by the TB12 method. This man runs on steak and potatoes and vodka um, and uh, he just goes out and, and like Mike mentioned, just rips 50 goal seasons. So uh, you know it's rare to see him actually miss a playoff matchup. Not that I think the Capitals really had much of a chance of uh, beating Florida, the way that Florida's playing right now, but Uh, You know, with OV, you always have a puncher's chance, especially if you can, you're in a series where you can, you know, net yourself a few power plays, maybe some bad officiating uh, that can always, uh, you know, turn around a series, turn around a game. So, uh, but yeah, kudos to Ovechkin for, you know, continuing to play it at such a high level and and it'll, it'll definitely be tough to see him potentially miss, uh, you know, the first, at least first few games of that playoff series. Lauren, how about yourself? Any final thoughts as we wrap up this episode and empty netter for you?
1: Yeah, I just want to shout out Mike. He's got quite the weekend ahead of him. So super excited. And I hope they have the best time, the best vacation, the best wedding, and that the weather is absolutely perfect. If it's not, I will personally come there and fight. So I just want to shout out Mike. It's obviously exciting times between Bruins playoffs and a small little wedding thing, you know, little thing there.
0: Yeah, definitely a lot of Events happening for the crew of Snipe and Sally between you know Mike getting married here uh, at the start of May, Lauren in August, uh, Haley is finalizing her divorce, which is a good thing uh, for her. She's very happy about it. And then there's me, who's I, I'm just I'm I'm doing nothing. Uh, but uh, I'm I'm supporting all of my line mates in their big events. Uh, so yeah, very excited uh, for Mike uh, getting uh, getting married this weekend. Um, as for myself. Uh, Mike actually mentioned it um, in uh, in his empty netter in passing. Uh, but another unfortunate, um, unfortunate death in the hockey world, a very, very nice man, world class human being Mike Bossy, uh, New York Islanders legend, uh, passed away um, over the past week. And uh, I was fortunate enough to have met Mike a couple of times um, when I uh, the season that I interned for the Islanders, he was still around the team. Nicest man you will ever meet. Uh, very gracious with his time. You would never uh, guess that he was, uh, you know, a hockey legend. Just, you know, it just seemed like he was a regular guy. Um, just a, a wonderful person, uh, incredible athlete, and uh, he will be very much missed. So, uh, thoughts and prayers to the families of not only Guy Lafleur but also uh, Mike Bossy this week. I did want to go around and have my line mates share with our listeners where they can be found online. Uh, Mike, we will start with you uh, soon to be married. Mike, uh, where can all of our listeners find you online?
2: You can find me online uh, at Mike Roderick SD. I will not be tweeting for the next week or so because I will be in Cancun starting tomorrow night. Um, but yeah, that's where you can find me at Mike
0: RoderickSD, Roderick SD R O D E R I C K. Yeah. Mike will have better things to do, but uh, follow him now so that you can see the uh, the tweets when he gets back from, uh, from a week in Cancun. Uh, Lauren, a ton of places people can find you. Uh, you have some, uh, some bad baseball to discuss at the moment uh, from the Boston Red Sox, unfortunately. Uh, but where can all of our listeners find you online? Where else can they listen to you?
1: Yeah, I know this is going to bite me in the ass, but shout out for the Red Sox for playing games under three hours this season. Very much appreciate that. I wish they'd win a little more, but you can find me across all social media Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at La 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 Lauren, three laws Lauren with four R's. Find all of my written work on Nesson.com. Spoiler alert, we have a lot of playoff preview coming in the following days or weeks, um, with playoffs starting next week and some sad Red Sox content just because they can't figure out how to hit. Um, you can hear me hosting the Ness and Bruins pod and co-hosting the Locked on Red Sox pod Monday through Friday. And um, I think that's it.
0: She thinks that's it. She, <laughs> she does. Uh, she does a million things and uh, and seem and is always so gracious with her time. We appreciate Lauren. And yeah, the Red Sox playing a lot of very fast moving games because you blink and uh, they've already gone one, two, three. Um, so hopefully, uh, the games get a little bit longer just because, you know, they're actually scoring a few runs. Um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a patient man, uh, plus I'm in hockey and basketball mode. So, uh, if the Red Sox are still scoring no runs in the middle of May, uh, that's when I will start to be a little concerned, they'll draw my ire on social media. Speaking of social media, I can be found on Twitter at Mark Paselli 13, that is P I S E L L I. We're getting very close to um, Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness time. Pretty much when I get back uh, from my trip to Mexico, uh, it'll be pretty much uh, movie time. So uh, I will be firing off lots of tweets about what is sure to be an epic movie uh, as well as some basketball and, um, and hockey related tweets. I actually emptied the clip of receipts I had last night following uh, the Celtics Nets series A lot of people who uh, were clowning the Celtics. Uh, I kept track of all of you and uh, I, it felt good. I needed a cigarette after. Uh, No, I'm just kidding. I don't smoke. Um, But that is going to do it for this episode. Uh, We look forward to rejoining you next week and talking some Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, And until the next time we all get together, enjoy the action on the ice, everybody. You know my story, you know my story, you know my story.